Blog Talk Radio. Buy it, please. Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television here on Movie Beat. You learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with guests and information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. And so now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. My guest today is Mr. Douglas Day Stewart. Uh, Douglas has uh, written movies like uh, The Officer and the Gentleman, The Boy in the Plastic Bubble, The Other Side of the Mountain 2, Blue Lagoon. Uh, he wrote and directed Thief of Hearts, uh, Listen to Me. He wrote The Scarlet Letter and many, many more uh, television shows and uh, feature films. He's going to be uh, talking today about screenwriting and uh, and providing us a screen tutorial. If you haven't already listened to his other interviews on Rex Sykes Movie Beat, you can always go back to the official website, which is Rex Sykes Movie Beat at R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S. That's my name. I'm your host. And you go there to the interviews blog, the page there, and you, uh, there's a little search uh, area up at the top. You just write in Douglas Dave Stewart. You can do that with any of my guests. And what will happen is you can search by name or you can click at the bottom of the page, at the bottom of that faceplate, uh, and say go to archives and then scroll through the archives until you find the name of the guest that you want to listen to. There's over 185 hours of professional filmmakers and celebrities sharing their expertise, their secrets, their know-how, their how-tos, their what-not-to-dos, their tips, advice, suggestions for you to be able to make your uh, career advance the way you would like it to and to be able to make your project smarter, quicker, uh, more efficiently uh, without having to reinvent the wheel. So uh, that's the purpose of Movie Beat. It's really designed to be a resource for you, and that's why I connect you up with professionals who are making it happen. Um, what you can do right now, if you're listening live or even if you're listening archived, is reach out to somebody, tweet, tweet them, Facebook them, MySpace them, email them, reach over, hug them, grab them by the collar, uh, phone them, and say, hey, come on, join us and uh, and uh, be a part of this. Uh, we've got a great guest on the show today. You're going to want to hear this. Or after the fact, you know, these shows, like I said, are archived. They're, they're stored at the interviews blog at uh, rexsykes.com and as well their podcasts at iTunes. Uh, you just go to um, iTunes, look at Rex Sykes Movie Beat, and uh, you can get all 185 hours of shows downloaded to your favorite uh, electronic devices that you can listen to anytime, 24-7. Uh, but during the show, tweet about it. If you hear comments that uh, stimulate you or that you think are cool, go ahead, put them out on Twitter. Um, after the show, you'll leave comments, uh, tweet about it, Facebook it, uh, you know, put it out there, because that helps extend the reach of both myself and my guest and get the word out about uh, what we're trying to do, and that is to help connect up filmmakers with resources uh, available to them, like this show and, and like my guests. And the cool thing about Rex Ice Movie Beat is that people are actually started, they're working together. This has become a community, a family. Uh, filmmakers are finding, you know, directors are finding actors, uh, producers are finding writers or, or musicians or script supervisors. 
Uh, so people are connecting up uh, through uh, Rex Sykes Movie Beat, and we want you to be part of that as well. Go ahead and make us a favorite. Make us a friend. Um, follow us right where you're listening, and, uh, and we're so glad to have you do that. All right, anyway, without any further ado, I've introduced Douglas, and uh, he's on the phone now, and so I'm going to bring Douglas on. He's got a special guest. And again, this is a, is a screenwriting tutorial. We're going to find out uh, what Douglas has for us. Hey, Douglas, how are you doing today? I'm great, Rick. Nice to hear your voice. Nice to hear your voice. And uh, you've been quite busy, and uh, you're all over the all over the place all of the time, it seems. And uh, um, I, I wish you well. And uh, can you tell us what's been going on a little bit? Uh, it's been a whirlwind uh, of excitement, a lot of different productions, uh, going on at the same time in different parts of the, the world, as you said. Uh, but the most exciting project that I'm working on at the moment is a screenplay in development. Uh, in, in this case, I have a hey, Douglas, Doug, Doug, you're, I personally am having trouble hearing you. It sounds like it's breaking up and fading in and out. I don't know whether the listeners are. Maybe somebody in the chat room can tell me whether they're having any issues. But there is, there is some kind of sound... Um, Anomaly going on right now. Are you? Are you? If you're on an earphone, I don't know if you're close to the base or not. If you're on a landline, yeah, I was trying to leave it uh, um, on a speaker mode. Oh, oh, yeah. No, I, I guess you, you better not be on speaker mode. You better just uh, uh, be on regular because I can hear you better now. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm still on speaker, but I have it up close to me. Well, you come and go with it. Okay. Hold on a second. I'm going to get off speaker. Yeah, you're breaking up, yeah. And the chat room says you're breaking up. Okay, hi. Now can you hear me? Uh, yeah, that is better. You don't sound so far away, and you don't sound like you're breaking up at the moment, at least. Okay, very good. So let's go back to what we were saying. I'm involved in an amazingly exciting uh, uh, project at the moment. I am writing a screenplay with my son, Sean Douglas Stewart, and he's with me today. And uh, he has been on quite a journey as we've uh, been working for quite a number of weeks now to get our story set for this new screenplay. And uh, he's, uh, he's gone back to the well in many ways to read every book there is about uh, screenwriting and to uh, acquaint himself with all issues of structure and uh, any guidelines that he can uh, glean from. Uh, and then he brings that... Uh, new, that knowledge back into our dialogue, and I'll let him talk a little about that. But that's what what I had in store for you today. Fantastic. Hi, this, How are you doing? This is Sean. Hi, Sean. How are you? Great. Awesome. Glad to have you here. Thanks for being part of this. No problem. Thank you. So, um, your father, Douglas, was saying uh, that you've uh, embarked on this journey together, and you're going to illuminate us as to uh, some of what you're doing and, and what you're discovering. Yeah, well, it's an amazing experience, first of all, to be working with my father, who I respect so much. And, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> I can't say enough about his career and what he's done. And uh, so, you know, that right there was, uh, you know, one of the main things. I get to work with my dad five days a week and write with him, and that's an amazing experience. I'm sure anybody, whether it was screenwriting or otherwise, would probably want in their life. So I, I really, uh, you know, start with that backbone. But beyond that, I really have a deep desire to follow in his footsteps and put out, you know, uh, great work like he has done. And so in that vein, I pretty much, uh, 
taken on the task of putting myself through an unbelievable education. I not in school, but um, like he said, I've gone to get every book I can find, and I'm also interested in people like yourself who are helping up-and-coming screenwriters and such, and um, other people all across the web that I've found that are giving me information, and I can take this information, and then I can play it against what my dad is doing and what he's teaching me, and it's an amazing thing to work with somebody, a great screenwriter, and then also be learning from all these people that have been taking information from great writers all across the board and I can kind of play against those two sides and really see what it's like to be working with somebody and also know what it's like to hear from the people that are writing about and teaching people structure and the nitty-gritty of how to how to do it so it's an amazing back and forth well I bet it is now you're... something interesting to offer uh, on that subject is that uh, when we first started the project uh, my my sights were much lower than they are now. I just hoped to impart to Sean uh, as much as I could of, of what um, I've learned. Uh, I've always wanted to be one of those fathers who, let's say, had a big electrical company and he could turn it over to his son to run. Uh, or, but I never had anything to turn over except just my knowledge as a screenwriter. So this is my chance to do it. But my sights, as I said, were a little bit low at first because I just thought, wouldn't it be great if I could teach him this trade and then he could go on from there and maybe we could somehow sell a, a script together and uh, get him started. And But uh, Sean's interest in this uh, has a, a quickened my own interest in the issue of uh, how do you write something really good? What is it that it takes to write something really good as opposed to something that is just good? Um, since not too many film, filmmakers today seem to really be reaching some of the levels that I would like to, to see in the movies I go to, I thought it was a fair question to ask, and, and Sean uh, jumped into that. Well, that is fantastic. Now, you, I mean, Sean has, a, has an incredible opportunity working one closely with his dad, which is a great thing, to, yeah, I think, for any son and father to be able to do. I, I, I certainly hope that you know someday my son and my daughter and I could collaborate in a sense like that. Uh, should on anything, you know, I mean, whether it be you know screenplay's career in the in this business or not, just to be close to your children is a fabulous thing. Um, but the second thing is, is that you know he has an opportunity to work with someone like yourself, who you've been in the business over 35 years. You have a stellar reputation. You, um, you know, you haven't been rewritten. I mean, you know, you rewrite, rewrite. You know, by your own admission, and, and anticipate what people, uh, you know, might do, so that that you you've got this reputation of not being somebody that has to get rewritten. You've got great movies that are out there. Uh, one officer and a gentleman stands the test of time and is now being produced as a play and a musical. And I mean, so. Uh, wow, what uh, an opportunity for the two of you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it's a really great time. I, I'm loving the bonding of father and son. There's uh, nothing quite like that. Uh, it's amazing. But uh, I'm also kind of relearning my own craft. Uh, it's it's kind of neat to have somebody at your elbow that goes, but uh, but what is the, hero, the hero's journey now? Or any of these catchphrases that have been popularized in how to write screenplay books. Very cool, very cool. So I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask you to just kind of throw us into this, you know, what uh, what Sean is learning, what you are teaching. I, you know, it's an interesting 
uh, teaching is a very interesting thing in and of itself because you have to make explicit those things that are implicit, you know, to yourself. It's the kind of things that you you've learned, you've you've mastered, you use the second nature, and now somebody comes along and goes, "Well, how do you do that?" And so you got to kind of track back through the mechanisms of of how it is that you make those things happen or or make those decisions. So, uh, you know, it's 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 got to be an absolutely fascinating time and two, I would like to ask Sean, you know, you know, you're going back and you're looking at books, what books, you know, you're looking at, what have you, you know, what what ones do you recommend, what what approaches, uh, you know, um you just yeah. just throw us in. Let's let's uh, let's just sure. throw us right in the swimming well, pool. Well, you know, sticking on the theme of of what I've learned from my dad, the first book I asked uh, him what he would recommend early on and he always said Laszlo Egri, uh, The Art of Dramatic Writing. Uh-huh. And that goes way back, and uh, that is a book that any anybody interested in this craft has to get. And it was the first book, the foundation book that I started with. And it's amazing because each book that I've read has really kind of built on the last one. I didn't intend it to be that way, but it seemed to have worked that way. So the second one I read was Screenplay by Sid Field, uh-huh. and then I moved on to a book called Save the Cat, mm-hmm. which is an excellent book. And uh, I moved on there from to that uh, from that to Screenwriter's Bible, which is a very thick book, but it's excellent. Not necessarily in teaching you story has some of that, but it also teaches you a lot about how to sell your script and um, formatting issues, some of the nitty gritty about writing. So that that Screenwriter's Bible was very excellent, <clears throat> and uh, I'm going on now to read even more books by Sid Field, and uh, there's a few other uh, story the. Um, I can't remember the author, but Story is another big uh, book that I'm starting right now. So I'm just one after the next. But to go back to the, the original one, the Laszlo Egri Art of Dramatic Writing, I cannot stress how much this book clarifies conflict in drama and how static characters never make a movie work. And, and, and the reason a character is static is because they haven't made up their mind. And when you see things from the clarity of Laszlo Egri, I think this book came out in the 40s, you get all past all the hoopla of Hollywood and you're making this story and you get right down to the core of story and, and, and how in each scene, if there isn't a conflict, then you have static information and it isn't going anywhere. And it, it's an amazing, amazing book. You know, he talks about unity of opposites, and it's just an amazing concept for any student out there to really dig into the origins of story and and conflict before getting all hyped up necessarily about, I'm going to write a screenplay, because at the core of it is is if you don't understand conflict, then you're going to lose yourself in your own attempts to write. Well, let's dive into that a little bit further then in terms of what makes for good conflict or what is conflict or how do, how do, we, how do we create that in our scenes. Uh, but but uh, a story, is that the, the Robert McGee book? Is that who? Yes, that's the one, yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. I haven't finished awesome. it yet. So. No, no, it's a, it's a good book. I, I agree. Yeah. I, and and uh, uh, so please, uh, going back to the notion of conflict in, in, in the screenplay. Yeah. Sure. Well, um, Lazo Egri talks about uh, unity of opposites, and the basic idea is that two forces that have to get to a certain place, they have opposite intentions, they, they butt heads, they, they have to conflict. It's like one of them will survive and one won't. It, there's no one of them decides to give the other one a pass. There's no, you know, it's, 
it's okay, maybe maybe I'll change my opinion today and go with the other one. There, there's never a point where you should have characters that, you know, have that static agreeing with each other. They have to have conflict. They have to – there's a unity of opposites at the core of great films. And as I've watched, and part of my studies has been, you know, watching great films, and I've had to really catch up on some good ones, you know, the best ones out there really prove this unity of opposites concept. And uh, when I see it done well, an officer and a gentleman does it, and you know, there's lots, lots of movies I could name that really do it. But th- that's when I really see a movie flow. Is when you see these characters, they have to get somewhere, and uh, there's no stopping them. You know, there isn't any other choice but to do it. It's do it or die. You know, and that's I think what makes a good hero and what makes really good characters at the core. Uh, absolutely. I did, uh, your father and I had the opportunity to study with somebody uh, named Lillian Chauvin, uh, among the number of people that, that uh, I'm sure we spent time with. And uh, she was our, my acting coach, and I, Doug, and, and I worked with her as a director. Um, Doug uh, was uh, working with her as a director. Um, the, you know, it was very, very adamant that each scene have a conflict and that each actor or each character in the scene have a conflict. One, they might have a conflict between uh, the characters, but they might also have their own personal conflicts and that there was a subtext that would go on, you know, in each of their lives. And, and uh, she, she uh, drilled that into us again and again and again and again. Um, uh, so I, I'm very fascinated by, by this uh, the topic that you've brought up and and uh, and from what you're learning so um I, I continue to invite you to go on because it's 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 really um uh, you know part i mean it's really an important piece to writing and um and and i want to hear more uh, if somebody yeah. asked if okay go ahead and then i'll no. i've got a question in go the ahead. chat room. what is somebody oh well, it, it, it's, no i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to ask the question later because it has to do with something else so Okay. Um, I just think to yeah, to give the listeners a little perspective on what Sean and I are working on, uh, just so you understand how tough this job is, when you read a book like Laszlo's Agri, it really asks you to do an, a complete biography of every character and to know what that character's arc is. And even the smallest character should have some kind of arc. Um, and so... Trying to answer all of these questions is a difficult thing. That's why you go through a blueprint phase, as I've discussed with you, Rex, and with the listeners on other occasions. Uh, I'm a, a stickler for these kind of steps that you must take. You have to understand your uh, title and your um, premise, and as, as Sean will go into more detail, your slug line. And you need to walk your way through this slowly and not jump into screenwriting thinking, oh, my goodness, my unconscious will do a fabulous job of writing for me. Uh, you need to have the overview before you go in. So just so you aren't discouraging yourself, you, you people who want to be writers, um, imagine that it's taken us some eight weeks just to begin to beat our story to a point where we can say that we have uh, a treatment that might be the basis for a screenplay. Now, explain that for the listener when you say beat the story, because they they may not grok, if I can use that term. Well, go ahead, Sean. Maybe you can explain. 
Yeah, well, you see, I think people have this idea. Everybody seems to have a story, and you meet people all the time on the street. They have a story. If you're a writer, they might ask you if you'd write it for them. I mean, it's all the time. I'm sure you, many of the listeners have experienced it. Maybe they all have stories. You know, we all have stories. But um, the thing is, is you really have to have a map. If you don't have a map, oftentimes your uh, initial uh, drive to write that story will peter out once you get not even that far in. Maybe you know a few parts of it, but there's going to be these huge segments where you're lost. And that lost just means that the structure isn't sound. It just means, yeah, you're lost because there's a lot of points to hit in a script. And if you don't see those points on a map that you can clearly understand where you're at, then, of course, when you're in the long form of it, when you're writing out scenes, you're going to be like, whoa, I'm, I'm like in this sea of who knows what's going on because you don't, see the, you don't see the big picture. You're in the minutia of it. So we're just talking about beating it. It means we need to know what's going on before we start the script. And it just, from my point of view, and I've learned this from my dad, I just don't understand any other way to do it because quality work is what we're after. And if it's just about finishing a screenplay, well, you know, join the ranks, you know. But the thing is, is quality work, it's just like anything. You wouldn't build a house without a blueprint, would you? You wouldn't build anything that's of quality without a blueprint. So from what I've learned from my dad and from my own intuition, I see that as hard as it is to knock out these beats at the beginning, the writing of it will suddenly be in place, and then your subconscious will be able to write what you want to write, knowing that you have a map in front of you to never let you get off base. And one of the first things that you need to uh, decide when you're starting a story is what is your genre. Every single story must fit into a genre, or if you're trying to go out and sell a story that doesn't fit a genre, you'll be shown the door really, really fast. Now, once you've said to yourself, gee, let's say, in our case, we wanted to do a young thriller, uh, a fatal attraction for the 20-somethings today but that we also wanted there to be a love story attached. Now, we were saying to ourselves that our genre is the thriller and a love story, so it's a fusion of those two genres. To know how, how you're going to accomplish that, you must know that you have these two stories that must be told, the thriller part and the love story part. And, and to realize that that fits a certain genre. Well, you don't see that genre very much, but that's kind of the, the twist on a genre that I aim at in my work, is to give you a love story on top of a, a story with, of, of, of another nature that has a kind of more, of more structure and bones to it, like the training uh, story in Officer and a Gentleman and the love story then within the midst of it. And then these two stories impact on each other. He cannot graduate that school unless he learns to let love into his heart. So this is, this is kind of the nitty-gritty that Sean is talking about. Fantastic. Um, so when you do that, you're, 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 I mean, you're wedding, you're, you're marrying these two genres, and, and you're coming up with a, kind of a, you know, a, a, a blend or a new blend for, for these two stories, you know, where they intersect and how they, how they affect each other and how they travel or traverse the, you know, the screenplay together or the storyline together, you know, together. Um, so that I understand, 
what you do. I mean, I know you to be extremely methodical, and 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 as as Sean and you describe what you're doing, uh, you're talking about that. That when you said it took eight weeks for you to just you know to beat this to the point where you're, you know, you're 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 creating you know a treatment, and you have your extended outline, and you get your thirty beats or so, and and um, you know know where all your acts are. What where for for the listeners and for for me right now, where where are we um, in this process? When you say, where are we? Yeah, where where are you? Where are you going? Where, where are you in the process? When you say we're now at eight weeks, we're at this point. Oh, it, where are we exactly in our project? Um, yeah, we are on the tail end of of knocking out this outline. The thing is, we've, we're basically revising our story. We've we've come to a really good outline, and then we looked at it from a perspective that all good writers should look at and say, is my main character as active as he needs to be to be the hero in this movie, or are we suddenly letting uh, side characters carry the action? See, we had a great outline, and I just read it a couple days ago, and we were blown away, but the next morning we both looked at it with fresh eyes, and we said, well, you know, the third act, our character isn't uh, as active as he needs to be, and that's just not going to make for a good film. So we suddenly had to look at the whole structure again and question if maybe we were building things up from the beginning a little wrong because we need some characters to play less a role and our main character to play a bigger role. And that starts at the beginning, not at the third act. The, the culmination of that is in the third act, but that starts at the beginning, building these characters. Who are they? How do they relate to each other? So where we are is we've just kind of, we're in like the third revision of a story in an outline form. And we're almost and- done with that. Well, that, that is uh, that's impressive. And and how long would you say your outline is? I mean, in terms of pages, just to give the everyone a feel for what you're doing. <laughs> pretty, that's pretty detailed, Rex. Uh, this is what we would call a long treatment, and it's it's okay. a kind of a hybrid form. I wouldn't even quite know how to explain it. it, it it's somewhere. It's almost like a short story. It's without uh, dialogue. It, it gives you some bits of dialogue, huh? and mainly it's supposed to suggest beat by beat through a three-act structure uh, with a slug line representing each of these beats. Because uh, I've uh, told your listeners before, you kind of need to analyze your story in terms of major beats, and uh, uh, th- those beats should be no more than 30 or maybe 36 before you're done with all three. So you could say you have a 10-beat first act, a a 14-beat second act, and then another 10-beat third act or something like this. And then each one of those beats, we would have a slug line telling you what happens in that beat so that nothing is wasted and everything must push the story forward. Can you... Go ahead. I was just going to ask, can you give us a sample now or, or later of a slug line? You, you, you mentioned earlier that Sean would be talking about the slug lines. Can we, can we kind of clarify uh, that? In, in the case of our main character, he needs to find his cojones. And in the process of doing that, there are a number of beats. And so there might be uh, a beat called First Step to Manhood. You see, okay. and another slug line might be, um, um, you know, uh, failing a test of manhood. Okay. And and so you, when you have your slug line, then after the slug line comes a description of what occurs? 
to yes, do. Yes, kind that. of trying to give you a, a basic blueprint for how that scene will be written, so that you can see that these characters are doing this dance, and you try to suggest that in in the uh, in that paragraph and. That's why, you know, an outline of this length can be as much as 20, 25 pages. The thing is, the difference, I think, because I've been reading a lot about different techniques in this department, and I'm sure some of the listeners have heard all kinds of different, maybe uh, how many beats or the way to break it down. Maybe the second act is, you know, double double length of the first and third. There's all these different ways to do it, but the thing that, that, we're doing and the reason why I, I respect it it's a kind of a different way is my dad he gets inside the heads of the characters until you understand them and you can feel their emotions and if you just write a line about somebody as an outline you might think of like a regular outline you write a line this and that happens okay well that's action this and that happens but we're looking at what's happening inside of the people so sometimes it takes a paragraph or maybe three to get that and that's why we're writing it kind of in this miniature short story type because we're learning the inner sides of the characters as well as the actions. I mean, the beats used to be called things like, you know, uh, our main character fights with so-and-so or it's outward things would be beats. We're, we're learning as well that inner things are important beats and it's not just about the action but the inner conflict. So those things have to be kind of investigated and that's what we're doing in this process. Like first step to love, you know, uh, love evolves. Uh, you know, different things like these are the slugs that will, you know, take this love story forward. We'll take our, we have a, a music uh, story as well. So we'll, we need to talk about how the musical sound of the singer and his group evolve with the new experiences that they're going through outside of music and how that then impacts on the way they write and do their music. Wow. Do you do you? I mean, for uh, and I'm going to have to take a break in just a second. But for each of the, I mean, you you you're beating out the story with the, say 36 beats for the overall three acts. You, you know, you've got slug line for each. You've got these descriptions. As you say, it becomes a 20 or 30 page thing. You also talked about you know character biography and and the, the arc for each character. Um, and, and, and getting in, and I know that in the past we've talked about each character having its own voice so that they don't all sound alike, and, 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 and then speaking from the voice of the protagonist, you know, in the screenplay, selecting that person whose story it is and, 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 and moving through it from their point of view. Um, I, I can tell, I mean, you know, from, from what you're describing, that, that makes it, it, it makes it clear for me to understand how that evolves how how it comes about and how it evolves and uh, I want to give you uh, at least I think I can and I want to give you more time in, in just a few moments to uh, elaborate on that process and and and, and discuss that further I I'm I'm reluctant to, to ask too many questions up front because I don't want to get you uh, you know you're 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 elaborating on a process and I'd like you to just kind of uh, go through your process with us rather than me you know kind of picking and 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 you know moving you off point so uh I'm fascinated by listening. I just got to take a short break, and then uh, then we'll come right back. Okay? Cool. All right. Thank you, uh, everybody. You're listening to RexSykes.com. That's the official website. It's RexSykes Movie Beat at RexSykes.com. Uh, please. Uh, 
go ahead and continue to uh, tweet about the show even while the show is taking place. Facebook, uh, MySpace, email, phone someone, uh, make us a favorite, make us a, a, a friend, or follow us right where you're at. And always, please, do leave comments about the shows when, when they're done. Uh, and you, you can email me as well. I always appreciate hearing from you, so thanks so much. I'm going to tell you about some of my upcoming guests. And first up, the very next interview I do will be October 1st. It's uh, Daryl Morey uh, and I co-starred a movie together called Massacre at Central High. It's become a, a cult classic, and a lot of people have been asking for interviews and discussion about that. Andrew Stevens has been a guest on my show. We didn't actually talk about the movie, but at some point we promise a reunion. But Daryl and I are going to talk about Massacre at Central High on my very next show. And uh, so for all those fans out there, that's something for you. Christopher Lockhart is the story editor at William Morris Endeavor. He'll be coming back. Uh, the Film Courage crew, David Brannon and, and Karen Warden, will be coming up shortly after that. A wonderful actor, Eduardo Ballerini from The Sopranos and the current Boardwalk Empire is joining us. And Rick Overton, comedian and, and actor. Uh, Diane Nabatov is coming up. Uh, she's the producer. John Reese, who's the author of Think Outside the Box Office on, on uh, hybrid methods of distribution. And just so many more people. Uh, Chris Mulkey from Twin Peaks, uh, and uh, he's in Boardwalk Empire, and his wife Karen should be joining us sometime during the month of October. Uh, there's just a whole host of people um, uh, who are my guests, so stay tuned and um, appreciate uh, your support and you listening and you spreading the word uh, with each of my guests. So I'm going to return to um, to Douglas and to Sean. So thanks for tuning in. Um, so we're back. <laughs> one one thing I, I wanted to help you all understand is that uh, we're we're de I'm determined right now in this first go around with Sean to do an outline that is so perfect that the screenplay can literally you can fall over and not and you just won't fail uh, to get the screenplay right. That's why we're taking so many weeks and hours to just get this uh, this outline um, perfect. And, and I kind of encourage all of you to think in those terms because it can save an awful lot of backtracking and a lot of unnecessary editing and stuff that you would have to do if you don't ask some of these questions now. So... Um let me ask you that. Let me ask you, and, and then uh, uh, kick you back into it. But uh, when you say the, the perfect screenplay, somebody asked, you know, in the chat room earlier if you use script doctors, and and the reason I delayed in in, um, in asking that question was one, I had mentioned that that you haven't had to, to be rewritten. You 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 rewrite yourself, and you do so, you know, so that you you have this distinction of not having been uh, written or written over by other by other writers. So. Um, I, I guess I could ask that. Uh, do, you, do you use script doctors? But uh, when you say that the, the screenplay will be perfect, what, you know, what are you striving for? What the, that end goal? What what is that like? How do you represent that? You want to take that, Sean? I think that's yours. <laughs> okay. Well, um, first of all, the whole idea of hiring somebody to rewrite you uh, would never occur to me, um, and. Uh, just uh, that question just seems out of left field to me at the moment. Uh, uh -huh. You know, what would the point be? Uh, if you are going into this field to be a, a writer um, and, and you're thinking about it as an art, which you should, and not as some means to an end or how you're going to get rich or, you know, uh, if, if 
if you're an artist, as I am and as I know Sean is, uh, you approach this question with artistic uh, um, propriety. This is my story. This is our story, uh, and no one has a right to come in, and no one could. No one could capture this story like like we're capturing it. Uh, Sean is bringing uh, 10 years of experience about the, the music industry into uh, play here as the background to show the, the dark underbelly of the Los Angeles music scene so that we can make that our, our wonderful backdrop to this love story and tale of intrigue, suspense, and murder that we're laying on top of it. Uh, I, uh, I see myself as someone who is striving to, to, you know, to do my purpose uh, as an artist, which is to communicate what I see. And what I see is uh, I see love stories around me. I see love overcoming obstacles, and that's what I try to write about. It. And I, I'm kind of alone trying to do that. I'm not out to say, isn't love a fun uh, romp? Isn't this a fun little, you know, meaningless little journey? No, I'm all about you know, the, the life and death issues of love and, and how choosing love in honest terms is, is what will save our, ourselves and our world. And uh, uh, so, you know, given these kinds of ambitions, um, you know, yes, we, we are determined to do a perfect screenplay, one that will not just uh, get us in the door or get us a, a nice fat paycheck, but something that will leave our message uh, or put our message out into the stratosphere and into the culture forever and ever and ever. Well, I think if, well, awesome. It's absolutely awesome. And I, and I also want to say you said something that uh, it, it, it occurs to me, and I think Robert McGee, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, Sean, mm-hmm. in his book, I think, I think he brings this up, and that is that the great writers, the great screenplay writers and writers tend to write a theme, like a life theme, over and over again in different stories. They, they, mm-hmm. well, the, well, the topic stories may change. There's, there's this under, under or overriding Theme, you know, and, and uh, Douglas, uh, your work is so imbued with the notion of love stories, whether it's Officer and a Gentleman or, or Blue Lagoon or, or you know, uh, I mean, every, you know, that to me... Thief of Hearts. I was going to say Thief of Hearts, and I, and I started to stutter, uh, but Thief of Hearts <laughs> and, and, and other works of yours have, you know, you know, it, it's about relationships, it's about love, it's, it's, it's about uh, all those incredible aspects. And so that, that's fascinating. I mean, because you say, you know, I'm going to do, you know, now I'm doing another love story, but each one is different. I mean, we're never watching the same movie over and over again, but we're watching um, that issue of, of love and relationship addressed in each of your movies, which is, which is fascinating. I think it's interesting as I read these books, you know, and it's very true. I see that I'm learning that, you know, a movie, it's really a reflection of the person that's writing it. Right, you know, yeah. it's, it's really a reflection of what they've been through and who they are. And, uh, you know, I think it can get stale if you're trying to tell the same story over and over again. But if it's coming from a real place, something... For instance, for me in this experience, there's sort of a catharsis in the experience, and there's something that I'm going through on an emotional level, on a spiritual level, that I bring into this, and it becomes, you know, our, our main character gets imbued with those qualities, and he needs to overcome something that I had to overcome, and 
So it mirrors life, and I think that's what gives it that sense of what he was talking about, the perfect story. I mean, there's no perfect is, is subjective, but I think that what makes something perfect for for an individual is whether they got their message out how they intended. And there's some parts in these books that I'm reading that really talk about if, if your intention does not equal what you created, the product, something went wrong in the process. And you need to be honest with yourself if the intention equaled the product. I mean, sure, it can change. As long as your intention really changes, not that you shifted gears because somebody said, nobody's buying those kinds of stories. Well, okay, but that was in your heart. Who knew, you know, that My Big Fat Greek Wedding or any of these movies that came out of nowhere, who knew because that person followed their heart. It needed to be said. Now, that's how perfect comes out, I guess, when somebody can crystallize their intention into a product, you know? I, I think that's an, an absolutely stellar answer i mean because you know i know douglas you know i mean I, the, and sean what 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 i understand is that you are methodical and and you know in in terms of being an artist i, I love the answer that that you just gave that is perfect and and it, it gets me the idea that you know when it's done you go it's done it's complete you feel complete as an artist you, the work is there uh, the, you know, I mean, I know people are always writing and rewriting, but I mean, you're you're crafting it, it you're you're you know you're owning it, and it's it's uh, you know even a, a personal point of pride. I think a lot of people you know slam out stories and they try and write screenplays, like you said, or they try and cash in. But this this really you know it, it does exemplify you know artistic endeavor in in your creation, and uh, I mean that's very admirable. Um, let me ask you this, because we talk about the hero, the story, or the, or the protagonist, and you mentioned it in, in, in past, and I, and I just said I wouldn't do this, and I am, um, but uh, in, past, in the past couple interviews that we did, we talked about the, uh, the, the point of view or the voice of the protagonist driving the project. And I ask you this because, Douglas you're, and Sean, you're not just screenwriters, but, Doug, you've also directed movies, and... Uh, it, it 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 fascinates me because you know you're looking through the eyes of your central character, and you've you've got this voice that drives the screenplay. But then as a director, you also you you uh, I mean, and if you're directing your own work, I guess it's that much easier. But but you, how do you create that? How do you how do you uh, how does the audience? I think you made a statement in one of the prior interviews. You know, if everybody has a voice, it's 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 disconcerting. It's 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 the it's the kind of the um, I call it the lamp of reality. Okay. You know, a light is shining on all of us, and all of our thoughts are clear and on display. Um, you know, um, that way you don't get the benefit of having that that one voice of that protagonist. Or in the case of a love story, you must have both their voices. And how do you create that? I mean, in other words, how how is how do you how do you how do you bring that out in a screenplay? So when I'm reading it, I I understand. Or when I'm watching the movie, when you as a director, I'm watching the movie, I, I get whose point of view it is or the point of views of, of, of both partners in a love story. Well, I think one of the parts is, is strictly structural. You know from the beginning, you start with your central character, you, you understand what the I want of that central character is, and then what the frustrations and obstacles to the I want are. But then once you get that kind of structured and rolling, you do what you and I learned from Lillian Chauvin, and that is to go inward 
and to become that central character and, and also every one of the secondary characters to live in their skin and, you know, and, and act out their role against the others. So uh, I, I don't know any other way to answer it. There's another thing I'd say is that uh, one of the other books I'm reading is called Save the Cat. And uh, the, the concept is that the movies today have lost the Save the Cat scene or the scene which makes you like the main character. And one of the ways to make it clear who you're following is basically to like them. Who do you like, you know? Generally, it's not always the case, but a lot of times the hero is somewhat likable. <laughs> so to get to get you inside the head of the main character right away, uh, in the case of our character, for instance, uh, Jason, uh, he's a bartender and hates his job and wants to be a music star. And uh, at, at one point, uh, he sees a, a street kid on the Venice boardwalk, uh, and he runs out from the bar to give him a few bucks and gets chewed out by his boss for doing it. See, that's the save the cat. Right, right. He's he's doing something nice for someone But at else. least we see, well, this is a good guy. Right yeah. off the bat, we don't see him being a, um, a louse. We see him being a good guy. Um, so to to kind of further explore this for a second, and, and, I, and I'm enjoying this, is... Uh, I understood. I mean, I understand that if if I'm watching a movie and there's a narrative, and I'm and I'm not always very fond of, of voiceover narration. It just depends on whether it works or not for the particular piece. But I understand that if somebody's narrating, well, it's probably their story. But if nobody's narrating it, how do I how do I then know that it's you know they're I'm, I'm, you're telling the story from their point of view? In other words, you're not in their head like like when you read a novel and. You know, like a Philip Marlowe thing, or, or when you're inside of, a, you know, somebody saying, "Well, and then I went to the door and opened it, and lo and behold, there stood Stella." Um, you're you're showing it. I mean, this is all through pictures. It's moving pictures, and and so through your uh, extended outline, um, when you're beating it out and you're creating your acts, how how is it that the reader of the screenplay, or ultimately the viewer of the movie, gets that? You know, we we are intimately following this particular character just because there's well, it's more pure structure rex and it's really just pure structuring it and and doing things like this save the cat you know it, as you start a story uh you don't start with a, a a third level character you start with your your main character uh-huh, okay and you know right away because you started with it you know it's as simple as this you opening scene he's shaving in a mirror you know, I mean, or whatever. Just you see, he's, he's late for work, and he's got, to, and he's frustrated, and he's got a wife and kids, and they need money, and he doesn't have it, and he's got to get on the bus, and so you begin to see that, you know, you're, you're inside of the struggle of a man, and you can identify because you've struggled, and that's how you, you're in, into it. Can I? Can he I? Has, he, yeah. He has Go wants. Up. He has uh-huh. wants, you know, and you define them, and then okay. you make sure that he is an active player in this game and it, it, the, the activity on his part going back to the Laszlo Egri the, the, the fact that he is, is, is not a passive person uh, in this whole mix you know, he's the one that has a want and he's the one that's moving toward that want making decisions, not being passive taking action towards that and that kind of, there's usually you know, not more than one or maybe two people in a movie that would play that role you know, you can just kind of it, it kind of comes out 
Well, let me ask you this. I mean, so if we, we go with officer and gentleman, we say it was Richard Gere's story and Deborah Winger's story because there's a relationship there. But uh, primarily, I would guess it would be Gere's story, and it's not you know, it's not his drill sergeant story. You know, it's not the other. It's, but it's it's Richard Gere, and then then ultimately it is also Deborah Winger. But let me ask you about Thief of Hearts, where you've got the Stephen Bauer and his like best buddy David Caruso, and then you have I forget the act. By the way, Michael Paré says hello. Oh, what a great guy! <laughs> I, we were I really talking. Like that guy. We, we, he, yeah, he's, he was a guest on my show, and we were talking about Tifa Hearts off off air one time, and, and he said, "Oh gosh, yeah, be sure to say hi to Doug." So uh, yeah, no, he was great. He was really a he's a great actor. But anyway, yeah, say hi to to him for me. I, I will. But uh, getting back to my point, yeah, you you're know, right. That that's you've that got, particular you've got Steve, you've got, but, but more of a complicated case. Because you've got the three, you've got the, the the woman actress. I forget her name. I forget um, um, who who was it? Because that was somebody's wife of somebody that also says hello to you, if I remember right, or girlfriend at the time. But anyway, there was there, there, in, in Thief of Hearts, there's the the, the 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 lead actress and then the two lead, male leads. And whose story is it, or or is it somehow all their story? I mean, you know it. I was always a little confused myself, and I wrote it from, as I think I've told you in other interviews, that I I did a draft that was made the thief the central character and one that made the husband the central character and one that made the wife the central character. Um, right. I, I kind of think that basically it's a love story, and it's the thief and the wife that are the central characters. And they're both going through evolutions and changes from, from point A to point Z in their character arcs. The husband is less of a, uh, of a, he does make a change. He suddenly becomes attentive to his wife. He uh-huh. gets involved in trying to protect his wife from the thief. Uh, so he, he does get his, uh, his action going, his mojo going. But, uh, but basically it's the thief that wants to uh, seek redemption and change in, in his life and evolve out of being a thief into being the man he always wished to be and and there's the woman that has always wished to love a man more fully, trying to evolve into that woman, and you know, so what, what, that that'd be my answer. Well, one of one of the things that's very interesting in speaking with you in this particular conversation—I mean, among other conversations—but I'm just saying in this one—is when you when you when you just described right there about redemption, redemption, or or we're talking about love or salvation, or um, these notions. Um, uh, I mean, you could almost go to, to basic human needs um, and wants or desires, or you could go to uh, the notion of archetypes or, or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, these these play a, a role in as you uh, just, you know when you uh, create your characters. You say this is a person who you know by their own hand you know did whatever, and now they need to seek redemption. And they you know, they're plagued by guilt, and it's overcoming. You know what I'm saying? I mean, in other words. These concepts seem to to make it uh, so much more readily understandable when um, each character seems to have you know kind of major themes that they're they're struggling with or dealing with or and I don't know that themes is the right word but I'm you know I, I I'll quickly answer this because I've you know I've been trying to figure that out too asking my dad those same questions as I read these books. You know, a lot of them, um, one of them, The Hero's Journey, uh, which um, is an interesting book for screenwriters to read, uh, 
mentions my dad a lot and mentions the officer consistently and, and uses many examples through that movie as points along a hero's journey and very like... Okay, now, name the book again. What's that? Name the, name the book again so everybody gets it. Um, it's it's uh, The Hero's Journey. I, I believe it's called that, The Writer's Journey, and it's it's actually called The Writer's Journey, and it's taking off of The Hero's Journey and um, all of the uh, archetypes and... Um, I'm, I'm I'm blanking on the original author who who. But the, uh, the, but the writer's journey and it references your de- the officer and gentleman. I just want oh, yeah. listeners yeah. know if they want to get it, they can look it up and they can get it, and then they they have a better under appreciation. Yeah, for, the writer's for, journey. Yeah, okay, great. There's, Thanks. There's, Sorry there's, to interrupt there's, you. No problem. Um, so I was trying to answer that question too because you know they're basically saying that my dad is the master of these things, and so I'm trying to learn from him too. And it kind of goes back to what you said at the beginning. He has all this knowledge that he has inside of himself, writing all, for years and years, rewriting. And here I come in as this fresh face, wanting to learn everything I can. And so I'm prodding him, like, okay, you know, tell me how this works, hero's journey, this, that, and the other. And what I'm learning for him is that it's natural. It may have come through just writing so much, but these things, they kind of are part of him. It's a natural thing. I now look at this, look, as I work with him, I, write, I look at the big picture constantly, and he, he's very much in the small picture a lot. He goes really into the characters and really into the small, and I, I do both now, because I'm reading so much, I'm, I'm judging from, the, you know, from both sides, close and far, and I sometimes will spark something in him that will basically, he already had it in him, the knowledge of these, of these themes. I don't know if it's something that he learned through writing, and I'm sure he can answer it, or if it's something that we all have in us to understand and that the more that we write characters and people, the more they naturally come out of us because they're part of human psyche. And so he naturally gets to these places through revisions and writing of characters. It's natural progressions of people. It's the same story, and that's what the hero's journey is. It's one journey, and it's the same journey told many different times in many different ways through thousands and thousands of years in stories. So... It's really within us, and uh, he has it in him, and it's an amazing thing to witness, and I'm, I have to pull it out to learn how he does it. I think I started out just the same as Sean did, by, by reading every one of these books and trying to become an expert, and uh, I assimilated all of that and wrote from it for so many years that I, it probably has become a, a second-nature thing where a, a gong goes off in my head anytime my hero is not a hero. And uh, you know, or um, that I don't have conflict in a in a moment. So, uh, um, I, you know, it isn't anything you're born with. It is something you learn and then you assimilate. I uh, we just so you know, we've got at the very very outside, maybe 15 minutes, more like maybe 12 minutes remaining, uh, 10 minutes, something like that. Uh, this has been a fascinating uh, discussion. And um, I'm a firm believer that, uh, and I'll use a different analogy, I mean a different thing, but, you know, if Michael Jackson can jump really high and score really well, uh, you know, he may have had a natural affinity for doing some of that, but he certainly also learned to hone his own, uh, you know, uh, athletic prowess that I, if I 
put in the same amount of hours and dedication can learn to do the things that he did. I may never be as good as he because I'm not as tall as he or I don't have the same genetic makeup, but that I can learn the structure for what he did really well. I can learn to bat. I can learn to write. I can learn to make a movie. I can learn to, uh, you know, do music. I may not have the flair that everybody else does that, that, that they, they, for whatever reason they may come with or the insights, but I can, I can start to recapitulate that. So I do believe, I firmly believe that that Sean can can absolutely acquire uh, skill and expertise and knowledge from from uh, from extracting it from you as well as hanging with you and imbibing you and and your and your abilities that have come through your dedication through you know your life and your work. So um, absolutely, I mean, I uh, uh, what a wonderful opportunity, what a wonderful experience Definitely. for you to to both have. Um, uh, so in the remaining moments, let's say we have 10 minutes, because I, I, I do also want to ask you about uh, uh, some of the other things and some of your travels. I know that you're going to be going elsewhere in, in just a couple of days, but, but uh, I want to give you the floor. Uh, again, I certainly invite you to come back any time that you have uh, you know, a, a moment where we can schedule another interview to continue this discussion if you're so inclined to the both of you. Um, so, uh, you know, you always have a, a, a welcoming invite. But I, I want to give you the, the floor here without an interruption from me to, uh, to, to, to close out what's important, you know, in, and, we won't, you know, time won't do it, won't serve us, but, but to, to hit what you want to really hammer home in these last few moments. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you've done a pretty good job of summarizing uh, what we're trying to do, and I think one thing I worried about as we've, we've uh, been engaged in this dialogue today is that I don't want to discourage people by the fact that Sean and I may be reaching really, really high with our aspirations and our plan for this this screenplay. Uh, it might sound intimidating in a way. Well, how do I uh, jump to that? Uh, and, and it might sound like we're talking rocket science sometimes because, in a way, constructing a screenplay Boy, I, I, don't you think, Sean, that it's a little like rocket science? It's I a mean, lot of brain activity. Okay, God, it's much. exhausting, and you should see the way we are from day to day. We can get so exhilarated and excited by our our growth of an understanding of our story, and then you'll see us some days we're just uh, we just can't believe how we ever got on this trail. What what's wrong? So we encourage everyone out there that's writing to not. Not to be too harsh on yourself. To look at this as a process that's that's going to make you a better person and that uh, will allow you every chance and with nobody over your shoulder as you're working on these things yourself, uh, trying to get yourself ready to sell. Uh, take the time to get the right outline, to, to understand your story, to to be able to tell anyone what the genre is, to be able to say. What movies is it like? And and uh, to be able to uh, know how your characters will ultimately uh, uh, answer their own journey, and uh, um, it's uh, and 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 you will succeed with it. Just be real real good to yourself. Um, <clears throat> I just want to say that uh, you know one of the main things that I've learned from my dad is a very simple thing, and it's not heady at all. It's just discipline. It's about getting here. It's you know I worked with him. At, I come in around 7 a.m. and work till about one, and he he comes in earlier 5:30. You know he's always an hour and a half ahead of me at the at the uh, computer. But 
just the simple uh, fact of writing for five plus hours every day, you know, I know not everybody has the luxury to do that, but if you read any of these books, it's kind of what it takes. You can't really, you, it's not that you have to have, you know, the daytimes free, but you have to do it regularly. And, you, you know, it's very easy for me if I was reading these books for me to just kind of go off into trying to read and read and read and learn. But the fact that I, I read and I learn and then I go and I actually do, the action of writing is part of my routine now. I can't say enough about that basic bare-bones thing of the discipline of sitting in the computer and doing it, you know, even if it's hard and even if it's discouraging. And I've had moment, many moments, and I think that's what this journey is about, is that there's many times where you feel like you want to give up and you just want to throw it all away and that what seems like a good idea is not anymore and it's all for nothing. And you know what? That's when you have to be good to yourself and kind to yourself and patient because it's not true. It's all just negative stuff, and you will get through this. And when you do, you're going to be extremely happy and proud of yourself no matter how hard it is, so just stick it out. And just one other thought. Uh, people often say, gee, I'd love to write a story because I could love to make a, a million dollars, and I read about a guy that sold a, a story for $2 million. Or, You know, if you want to get into this business, do it entirely from your, the heart of an artist. Don't do it from any kind of monetary ideas because the ride is so bumpy. There are so many ups and downs. And, uh, you know, if if you have a great, you know, you're regarded as a great writer one minute, the very next moment someone is going to regard you as the worst there ever was. Uh, so don't don't go into it for what other people will say or how much money you can make, but think about what is it that I need to tell the world? What was I put on earth to tell? And, uh, and, and approach it with that sense and, and then go out to do the very best you can to realize that objective. Well, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm going to extend this just a second by by asking because uh, you brought it up in, an, in in one of the previous discussions we had on on the show. Uh, and again, I invite everybody to go back and listen to to both of the prior interviews with you, Doug. But but the notion, and, and I think you even mentioned it here a little bit, and that is, uh, uh, and I love this, and, and I'm not, and I'm and I'm not, uh, I want to keep that point completely intact. Um, you know, approach it from an artist. At the same time, you you uh, you do understand the business when you said you know know your genre. Um, you know, uh, you're writing a movie. You you know who who is current. What 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 are people currently buying? Um, you, you know, are they buying young actors? So let's put a young actor in here rather than you know some old guy. You know, because it makes it more saleable. So I mean, the, the, you're still the artist. I mean, you're, you're the consummate artist. You're, you're doing it from the heart. But you you have a business sense and a business savvy at the same time, correct? Yes, and and I think uh, just to jump in, Sean, uh, the goal here in working with my son is to make sure that uh, we do sell. We're not we're not going down a road like I I can afford the luxury of writing pieces like I wrote a wonderful piece last year. I cannot seem to get anyone at all interested in it. Uh, but it's absolutely amazing, and, and yet it's not right in the, it's not in the ballpark for commerciality. It's much it's it's something a man of my age writes to satisfy people his age or people with a lot deeper sense of things. But but the the market that Sean and I are aiming at is the market that buys movies, and we're not going to 
he can't afford the luxury of going, gee, I'm an elder statesman in my field. I can do these sojourns into, uh, you know, introspecting my navel. Uh, well, he can't, and and I and uh, in in a way I can't either. In this case, I owe it to both Sean and myself to sell. So that meant focusing our story totally within the strike zone. Uh, you can still do everything you want to do, uh, but you better aim at hitting that strike zone. All right, awesome, fantastic. Now we are pretty much out of time, but I want to ask you about. How many irons on the fire do you have? I mean, in other words, you're writing this project, uh, you're writing some other things. Uh, you, you, you know, uh, are are you? How is it for you to be able? Do, are you are are you done writing your other projects and solely devoted to this at the moment, or are you still working on some of those other things? Well, right up until um, this week, I was still juggling uh, the rewriting of the Officer and a Gentleman musical with this project with Sean, but I seem to have completed that for now. Uh, we will be going to cast that in Australia in November, and uh, and then it'll open in the summer. And uh, that seems to have kind of come up a, a big degree. I think I've really achieved taking the Officer and the Gentleman story and putting it into a, a, a Broadway-style musical format and making it, it rise even to a level that is in some ways more fulfilling than the movie because musicals can give you so much access to the heart and that movie was nothing but heart so uh, uh i i'm so i'm relaxed enough to be able to say i'm only working eight hours a day now with sean or whatever <laughs> he said five <laughs> five for him eight for me uh <laughs> but uh the other projects are all uh in progress uh the um the accident is uh in uh, pre-production and wow. uh, getting ready to shoot in Europe and uh, and then uh, a few other things and there is some interest in my flying man my uh, my my one I told you wasn't getting any uh, knocks on the door but uh, uh-huh. that cool. that should that might happen again soon too. Wow. Well, uh, and and then you're leaving. You're traveling in just a couple of days as well. Is that is that yes, you're going to go true. to the that's planet? True. Yes. All right. Well, gentlemen, this has been a fascinating hour. Comments from the chat room certainly support that. Uh, They uh, very much uh, appreciate uh, the points that that you have made and and the wisdom that you have shared, and uh, as as do I. And I I thank you again. Can I mention one quick thing? Yeah, absolutely, Sean. Um, There's a guy named Michael Michael Elliott. He's a screenwriter of movies like Just Mike and uh, I mean Like Mike and Just Right. Uh, oh sure. He uh he's great. If if anybody out there wants to uh find him on Facebook, he's been an unbelievable mentor just uh through his uh, webinars. And uh it's just another person doing what you're doing, Rex, that uh he's teaching people how to pitch and he's a he's a master of pitching. So if people want to know how to pitch a story where it's a slam dunk, check out Michael Elliott. I have to give him props because uh he's an unbelievable giving out some unbelievable knowledge that uh you know, people really, really should want to know about because he'll walk into a room and walk out with $800,000 because of his unbelievable pitch skills. So it's a pretty amazing story. So check him oh, out. That's, fant- that's fantastic. I do want to say also that Just Right was uh, starred Jeremy Piven and uh, Sherilyn Fenn and Joe Beth Williams and was produced 
by uh, a gentleman here in Wisconsin, a guy named Jim Kreitzer, and other people out in Los Angeles. But uh, it, it originated from this end uh, with uh, Kreitzer's company and uh, and and the and the screenplay that you mentioned, a cute movie, cute, cute movie. So yeah, uh, you know, movie. small world, and Wisconsin plays a part in some of it. So. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> It's not as great as paradise where you guys are living, but uh, in, in the Hawaiian Islands. But uh, uh, but it is it is we hold our own. Anyway, you have been wonderful. You've been marvelous. I appreciate this so much. Happy travels. Good news on on all fronts. And uh, again, I certainly uh, hope that you will come back and join us when uh, time permits for you both. And uh, we talk more about this subject, Sean. More power to you, kudos to you and your dad. I think that is just a, an absolute blessing and an opportunity, and and uh, I'm envious. And I and I, uh, you guys are great guys. So thank you for being part of the show today. And thank and you, Rex. Thank you very much, Rex. You bet. Thank you, and enjoy, and happy travels. Bye bye. All right. Bye, bye now. All right. Well, that was Douglas Day Stewart and Sean Douglas Stewart. Uh, on screenwriting, uh, Sean is going through an incredible process with his dad and and uh, writing a screenplay and and uh, learning the ropes. And it sounds like he's doing a great job. Uh, I'm very happy to have them both with us. Um, I appreciate you guys being in the chat room and for listening to this live, or if you're listening to this as a podcast or an archived show. Uh, go ahead and continue to uh, tweet about it and to. Put it on Facebook, your wall, my wall, anybody's wall. Share it with your friends. Email, reach out, uh, and and grab other people who uh, you know could be. There's a script chat and screenwriter and all the hashtags and all that kind of stuff that goes with Twitter. Twitter. I'm I'm not that savvy. I don't know uh, all the things that uh, my listeners know and can't reach all the people that you can reach. So uh, I appreciate everything. And uh, you guys have a fabulous day. Join us for uh, the Massacre at Central High chat with my uh, upcoming guest, Daryl Morey. And, uh, and for all my incredible guests, I appreciate you being here. Stay tuned. You can become a, a friend of Rex Sykes Movie Beat on Facebook. Uh, my profile is Rex Sykes. Uh, go ahead and friend me on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter. It's Rex Sykes Movie BT. That's Rex Sykes Movie BT. And everybody, thank you. And uh, have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects, and until we meet the next time, that is a wrap.